0: Welcome in, everybody, to the 10th episode of the Deep Dive Dynasty podcast. I am your host, Colin, here with Toby. Good evening. And we are going to go through the first 36 of our combined dynasty wide receiver rankings for you today. Toby, are you ready to get right into it? I am ready. Right off the top, as is tradition with almost every position, we're not wasting too much time with this one. From the Saints, you know him, Michael Thomas. It's Michael Thomas. He's your number one, or you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's the last few years I remember there being some debate. People were loving Juju. Odell stuck at the top for a while. I think this is the first offseason where everyone's like, yeah, no, it's Michael it's Thomas. It's Michael Thomas. Thomas, yeah. Yep. Don't pick anyone facto.
1: else. Next tier is a group of four individuals, and they are as follows. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins,
0: Chris Godwin. I like that we can start right at number two into some big differences. When I was doing my own rankings, I had Devonte Adams here in his own tier at number two because to me he is clearly the number two wide receiver, whereas Toby happened to have him at wide receiver four below both Hopkins and Hill. So why don't we debate specifically DeAndre Hopkins versus Devontae Adams? Why do you prefer Hopkins?
1: I prefer Hopkins because I'm a believer in his career that is upcoming in Arizona. I think he could be part of a prolific passing offense that's just that kind of new variable that we haven't seen. I kind of know what we're going to get with Adams and Rodgers. It's going to be fantastic. He'd still be a great pick. He's still our consensus overall, too. But I think Hopkins just has that slight edge in what he could be, whereas Basically, I think Hopkins could be a little bit better, whereas Adams, I don't see, you know, an extra switch being added to his stats.
0: Honestly, I think the best argument against me to add on top of that is that Devontae Adams throughout his career, really, other than when he was a rookie and maybe his sophomore season, he hasn't had too much target competition. And while you can project that this year that will continue, we can't continue to expect that they're not going to address wide receiver or any pass catching position. And at some point down the line, he is going to face serious competition for the first time in a long time. Whereas someone like Hopkins has proven that he can overcome some competition and demand the ball regardless. I do expect that Adams will do the exact same thing, but it's added risk within him. DeAndre Hopkins, to me though, I just think he is going to a worse situation Not that it's a bad situation at all. He's got a great young quarterback in a high-flying offense. But there's simply just added risk when you switch teams. We knew exactly what he was in Houston. He had Deshaun Watson and great rapport with him. And just by means of learning a new offense, he's, of course, aging. He's a little bit older than all of the other wide receivers we have at the top of our list. And for those reasons, I have DeAndre Hopkins a little bit lower than you do. Tyreek maybe he has some off the field issues but beyond that I would say he has off the field issues but (laughs) I guess maybe in the future something could arise again but he has Patrick Mahomes throwing to him he's obviously incredibly young and he's simply just productive he breaks molds of what you expect from a wide receiver of his stature Mm -hmm. he's just incredible as an athlete and has refined himself into an incredible wide receiver technically
1: and one of these things you can see with guys such as d is you don't really lose this quality of speed that you have yes you can become less agile in your route running as you become older and whatnot hill is still so young that he's still gonna have this crazy burst for a very long time meaning he'll continue to operate at a high level with also awesome Mahomes
0: for a long time He's going to be fantastic. And the last member of that tier, we have Chris Godwin. Obviously, incredible season last year with Jameis Winston. And the reason we have him above Mike Evans, I would say, is particularly his age. And currently, for this season, it's easy to project Godwin sliding right into that Edelman role for Tom Brady. The biggest question mark for Godwin Because it's definitely not his talent at this point. It's just who will be the quarterback throwing him the ball in the future. And I trust that as long as they are able to find a decent option in an Arian system where you have the receiver playing out of the slot, it's so likely that he's going to get that target volume no matter what that I do still think he's quite safe.
1: On podcast question, who's the backup quarterback to Tom Brady? Because I don't know it feel like it's blaine gabbert
0: but i could be wrong okay i'll adjust my stats accordingly <laughs> yeah projecting forward it's definitely someone incoming into the okay. into yeah. the team i want to look up right now gabbert
1: great poll it's blaine <laughs> gabbert is the backup okay the next tier of names is eight members long it is as follows dj moore mike evans aj brown Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster, Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, and Odell Beckham Jr. DJ Moore, atop of this list, he is really coming into his own for the Carolina Panthers. Yes, there's the risk of Teddy Bridgewater being his new quarterback, but this is a guy who, as being a wide receiver, won
0: for his team, and he's going to be even better this season. Speaking to your point about Teddy Bridgewater... What are the chances that he is even worse than the combination of Will Greer and Josh Allen? Disgustingly low.
1: I won't say impossible because nothing's impossible in fantasy, but he's going to have a better quarterback. He's going to have a higher target volume, and he's going to have better quality
0: of passes. DJ Moore is going to ball out. Especially considering how young he is and the fact that he already was a wide receiver one playing with that quarterback in 2 he's locked in to be an absolute stud going mm-hmm. forward. Mike Evans follows at wide receiver number seven. We already talked about him a little bit. He's just an incredible, perennially underrated wide receiver. Maybe up until this last year, when I think he showed people that he really is going to stay at the wide receiver one level, no matter how much people want to push him down their rankings. Even with Chris Godwin in tandem, and despite quarterback question marks going forward beyond this year, you can be sure that Mike Evans can produce because his talent level is just high enough that it doesn't matter the team, it doesn't matter the quarterback, he's going to demand the ball and he's going to get it done whenever the ball is in his hands.
1: I would also say next gen stats has Tom Brady as one of the top 10 deep ball passes in the league. I think that's insane. <laughs> However, he can still do it. He still did it last year, and Mike Evans, while well, Chris Godwin, is going to be the benefactor of brady's ailing limbs brady still has the power to be sending these go routes to evans so i wouldn't put too much stock into evans you know his deep threat hasn't vanished all of a
0: sudden he's still going to get large quantities of yards yeah no no the package of three guys who follow right after evans we had some internal debate about that is aj brown kenny galladay and juju smith schuster Toby as the completely unbiased Big Steelers fan. (laughs) Why did you have Juju at the top of these three? Juju has
1: been fantastic. Every year he's played with Big Ben. He was terrible last season. Didn't have Big Ben. I think he's going to come and he's going to have a fantastic season with Big Ben. If he stays on the Steelers and they pay him big bucks after his contract, he's going to be locked in and fantastic. I think if he leaves, it's going to be another wide receiver desperate team that wants him and gets him into another wide receiver one role. I think his longevity in the league is intact, and I think he's talented enough to command whatever target volume he gets.
0: All three of these players are fairly young. Galladay, I promise you, is actually a bit older than you think, and Juju coming into the league at such a young age, it's funny to compare him to rookies this year and see that he's often younger than people who haven't even played an NFL snap yet so those are definitely factors that you have to account for but the reason why I have AJ Brown at the top of this list is just the utter dominance he showed last year
1: he's also just so large
0: yeah he's he, the he's he's largest a, guy <laughs> on the football field yeah he is incredibly impressive of course everyone expects a bit of regression to hit him in this upcoming season, but in Dynasty, of course, we are looking long-term, and what we have seen throughout A.J. Brown's career, not only in college, but of course in his rookie season at the NFL, he's just been incredible. He's dominated competition, and throughout the external factors that could change, like his quarterback or the competition around him, I believe that what we have seen from A.J. Brown is that he is going to rise above and establish himself as an alpha in the league. Kenny Galladay you can talk about in a bit of a similar light in that he has just been so impressive despite having decent competition in someone like Marvin Jones and playing through pretty bad quarterback play last year once Stafford was out. He simply balled out. You can count on him to get a ton of touchdowns and he as well you can project forward to be an absolute stud wide receiver one in your lineup.
1: I would also say the Detroit Lions, hot take, are going to be good this year. Oh, I hate saying it, but Kenny G is going to be part of a much better
0: offense. My retort would be that their offense will be good. I don't think their defense will. You know what, That that's fine. Better offense. <laughs> yeah, good I'll for fantasy. Yeah. I mm. can't see them making playoffs or anything like that. Final
1: three names to close up this tier, we've got Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, and Odell Beckham Jr. If any of you have seen the NFL Network just put out a little special game planning thing with Amari Cooper talking about his routes, He's a surprisingly smart individual, but Amari Cooper, obviously with CeeDee Lamb
0: coming to the team, you gotta be worried, but how worried are you, Colin? My first comment is that I love Amari Cooper until he puts up a zero for me. (laughs) CeeDee Lamb is a genuine threat to Amari Cooper, but I think that what is the most likely path if CeeDee Lamb does hit his ceiling is that in, I believe it is two years, Amari Cooper's contract, they have an out, and if CeeDee Lamb truly does establish himself as the alpha in that team, like a lot of us are projecting, then it's likely that amari cooper will go elsewhere at that point and that's not necessarily that bad of a thing he's likely going to get a ton of money again be an incredibly relevant player and the reason why he's this low is really that inconsistency he is a bit of a strange player there was a while when he was on the raiders that he was really getting left for dead because owners were just frustrated with his <laughs> output honestly You just weren't able to trust him, and at least in Dallas, he has showed a bit more of that consistency that you need. Speaking of consistency, Toby, I am so disappointed in you. How dare you put Allen Robinson all the way down at wide receiver 15, because I have him higher than a lot of these players. I have him at wide receiver 10. He falls in between here at wide receiver 12. What do you think about Allen Robinson?
1: I love Allen Robinson. Me putting him at 15 doesn't mean I hate him. There's just other guys I enjoy. Abram has suffered through some of the detritus of quarterbacks in his NFL career. Arguably, he's going to be catching passes from the best quarterback he's had, Nick Foles, if things unfold at some possible way. I think Allen Robinson is going to be another PPR machine, whether it's Trubisky or Foles. I'm not exactly sure who it's going to be yet. But as you're saying, his consistency pretty off the charts for the teams he's been playing for and who he's been catching balls from. I think he's going to be pretty great this year.
0: Yeah, I think he's incredible. He's only 26 still, which seems surprising to me. It feels like his breakout season in Jacksonville was much longer ago but he's really just the wide receiver that i think is the most underrated across the board people just don't respect him i really reaped the benefits of that last year where i owned him pretty much everywhere and hopefully people are finally wising up to the fact that Allen robinson is a true alpha on his team and that's not going to change with competition it's not going to change if he leaves the bears and goes elsewhere He is going to command targets no matter what because he is just an incredible wide receiver. And hopefully the response to him all the way up here at wide receiver 12 is not that that's too high because I don't think it is at all. I could see him going all the way up as high as 10 and that is actually where he fit into my own personal rankings. Someone who fell quite a bit from last year in contrast to Allen Robinson is Odell Beckham who lands at wide receiver 13. We all know who Odell is, of course, he's an incredibly big figure in the NFL, and it's hard to know exactly what's going to happen on this Browns team with him because everyone saw it last year. He got completely outproduced by Jarvis Landry. The real question is, is that going to change this year because he might be healthier?
1: I think he's not only going to be healthier, but he's going to have more rapport and a better season with Baker Mayfield. Do I think he's going to shoot up to the astronomic heights that he was with Eli Manning in his glory days? No, but I think there is 100% going to be a better version of Otto Beckham Jr. on your fantasy
0: team and in your fantasy lineups next year. And that's why he's part of this tier for me. Mm -hmm. You would watch some games, and I don't usually like to fall into this narrative very often, but he really seemed just completely out of sync with Baker Mayfield last year and the most likely scenario in my mind is that they've been working together for a lot longer now. You can potentially blame their shortcomings last year on the head coach and with all of that changing nothing really has gone on this year to dissuade you from thinking that Odell will progress back to the mean and the mean for Odell in most of his career is being a wide receiver one. I think as long as he can stay healthy, he's going to be back to being Odell. A very large tier follows this group all the way from wide receiver 14 to wide receiver 26. 13 guys. Let's break it down one by one, or maybe even to start two by two, because these two are from the exact same team, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley super hard to separate between these guys julio
1: jones has established himself as a hall of fame wide receiver calvin ridley is going to at one point in time dethrone him maybe that'll just be his retirement but honestly it's super hard to put one of these guys over the other the reason we have julio for me is that i still think he has at least two or three insanely productive years left with that Ryan.
0: One thing I've found in the community with Calvin Ridley specifically is that people are out there who are absolutely sky high on this guy and in general he's a dynasty sell for me. I am a bit scared that he's really never going to take over that alpha role. There's a lot of underlying stats like his ability to get yards after the catch and not just fall down as soon as the ball's in his hands and all of those type of things suggest that He might be ideally put in a secondary role where he has thrived and I expect will thrive to a certain extent beside Julio Jones. But in my own projections, I think it probably will be retirement that finally puts him into that number one role. And at that point, it might become clear that that isn't the role he should be. And maybe that's when they bring in another wide receiver or they're drafting because there is at least a possibility that Calvin Ridley is a secondary wide receiver and may not ascend to the levels that some people project him to. Next two
1: names up on the list are Cortland Sutton and Cooper Cup. Cortland Sutton is a guy whose draft stock has plummeted with the draft. However, he proved himself to be a wide receiver one last season. He has the rapport with Locke. Although Locke is a little bit frightening to be relying on to supply Cortland Sutton with targets next year, I believe he will still maintain his elite level of play in the 2020 season.
0: Compared to a lot of people, I'm a bit lower on the pieces that Denver brought in. I'm not very big on KJ Hamler. I'm not very big on Albert O. And I'm really not that big on Judy. I obviously see that he is a good wide receiver, but somewhat like Calvin Ridley, I think I see that he is a very good number two for a team and maybe not a number one. I think Cortland Sutton could stay as that number one. Honestly, once the Judy pick got made, and even before the draft when there were so many rumors about them wanting to go and use that 15th overall pick on a wide receiver, I thought the market was really going to sour on Cortland Sutton, and I'm actually surprised and a bit disappointed that they didn't, because I wanted to buy him everywhere. There's a lot of people that have him higher than we do here at wide receiver 16, and that's really surprising to me because of the incoming competition and because of the question marks at quarterback, but in general, I still think he has an incredibly high ceiling and could just prove that he is a better wide receiver than Jerry Judy. Cooper Cup is a bit of an interesting discussion to me because he's actually not that young despite not spending that much time in the league so far. He, of course, has had flashes of being an absolute stud early in the 2019 season, for example. He was incredible, but then as the offense shifted into using two tight ends, he disappeared and... He wasn't even the guy who stayed on the field all the time, that was Robert Woods. So I think there's actually some significant risk with Cup, but he could prove that the first half of last year could become the new norm and he could be a perennial wide receiver one. Diggs is another guy that I think I could group in with those other people where there's a big risk but big Mm -hmm. reward. He's obviously going from cousins to Josh Allen, which on paper is a downgrade but you never really know how a wide receiver is going to fit into an offense or how the coaching staff plans to use a player that they just spent so much capital on
1: I think with a sheer amount of cash thrown at Diggs he's going to be a guy getting the ball and Josh Allen as we know has an absolute bomb of an arm and Diggs Not only does he have his elite route running, he also has the blazing speed. He's going to get some great deep ball action, and he is super exciting in Buffalo. I like it. Next name up on the list, C.D. Lamb. My favorite wide receiver on paper coming into the draft. Obviously, he's not heading into a fantastic situation. He's going to be behind Cooper and Gallup, I guess, for the immediate onset of the season. But I have high hopes for C.D. Lamb and what he's going to do under Dak Prescott.
0: He's just an incredible player. He is largely charted as one of the best wide receiver prospects to come out in a long time out of college. And despite the immediate competition, there has been rumors of the team not liking Gallup as much, the team setting up Cooper's contracts so that they could get out within a couple of years. He may have been a luxury pick to The Dallas Cowboys at the time, but they were happy to pounce on that luxury because CeeDee Lamb is an impressive wide receiver, and I really do think that at some point in his career, he is going to be the number one for his team. He kind of kicks off a group of quite young players other than a few sprinklings of veterans that extends quite far down our tiers. DK Metcalf, DJ Chark, and Terry McLaurin are the next three all have proven themselves very effective last year. Three incredible, not quite rookie seasons for DJ Chark, but rookie seasons for the other two. And they've really just impressed on the field.
1: The reason DK Metcalf is head of these three for me is he proved himself to be fantastic on all parts of the field when I had low expectations for him coming into the season. Him and Wilson are on the same page, and he was running, not the entire route tree, but he was running with success whatever he was doing. And I think he has an extremely fruitful career ahead of him. Not to say that Chark and McLaurin don't, but I think he proved to be the most consistent of that grouping of three. Chark and McLaurin are almost indistinguishable in my rankings, so shark edging out McLaurin for me is just because I trust Minshew over Dwayne Haskins and that trust is (laughs) not founded in anything other than just the eye test of what I've seen
0: yeah DK Metcalf of course he's got Lockett to compete with but the ceiling for an athlete of his level if he is able to train and develop into more of a route runner he can just physically dominate people in the same way that we saw AJ Brown doing so in his first season. So the ceiling is incredibly high with Metcalf. With the other two, very impressive seasons last year. I think they could profile as number ones, but down the line, there is some risk that they may, may not be able to hit that ceiling, meaning that each of them to me have probably a wide receiver three floor, which is pretty crazy to think of considering how productive they both were in their rookie and sophomore seasons. Breaking up the young guns, Keenan Allen comes in at wide receiver 23. We've talked about Allen before. I think he is just incredibly underrated. I know the quarterback situation around him is maybe not perfect right now, but Herbert could prove a lot of his doubters wrong. And Keenan Allen, for couple years now has not exactly been playing with an ideal quarterback situation
1: also Keenan Allen is the type of route runner that is getting open and he can get open long but he can also do a lot of stop and start get open routes short and it is going to benefit Tyron Taylor and it's going to benefit Herbert so I think he's the type of athlete and player that's going to overcome those quarterback difficulties to close out this tier a grouping of three names Debo Samuel, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods. Recording this after we've heard about Debo Samuel's foot injury. We're not panicking about this. It's a broken foot. He's going to recover.
0: Yeah, of course. He's expected to be recovered right around week one, which likely means he's going to miss a few weeks, but we're talking about his dynasty value. This is for his entire career. He just finished a productive rookie season he's definitely not falling down anyone's dynasty rankings Mm -hmm. from that. Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, both much more usable for this year. If you're trying to win right away, I would target these guys over someone like Debo Samuel, but there is a bit of a difference between the current ceiling for this year and the ceiling long term, which in this small tier within the tier can differentiate these similar players to me in that they can really fit different team needs.
1: And one more note about Robert Woods. He is lower than Cooper Cup in our rankings, but he's still a part of this tier for a reason in that with the departure of Cooks, yes, Van Jefferson has been added, but Robert Woods is going to see even more targets than last season. And he's not a name to forget just because he's at the bottom of this tier here.
0: Not at all. I wouldn't be surprised at all if him... Or actually, Lockett ended up as a low-end wide receiver one in this upcoming season. I think both of them are being slept on because of the other wide receivers on the field, Mm -hmm. but both of them should not be forgotten because both of them could be incredibly productive. Our final tier of this episode, we go all the way from wide receiver 27 to wide receiver 36, 10 players, and they are as follows. Tyler Boyd, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, Devontae Parker, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy, Jalen Regor, Jarvis Landry, Michael Gallup, and Christian Kirk. Right off the top, we've got Tyler Boyd, who honestly, I don't see that big of a difference between him and the tier of the three above that we just talked about, because I think he could be incredibly productive this year, maybe just without quite the same ceiling. Tyler Boyd is another one of these players that I was talking about before that I think really profiles as an amazing wide receiver two for his team, but what he lacks is the ceiling to be that dominant wide receiver one. And even though he's been in that position for the last couple of years, and he's produced fairly well, I do think he has shown that ideally you want him in the situation being the secondary target. That analysis is correct. You can
1: watch Tyler Boyd's tape from last season where he's given... Every opportunity, and while he didn't do badly, in fact, he was largely part of why Colin and I won our dynasty championship final. (laughs) Tyler Boyd still is never going to be at that level of the guys at the top that we're talking about. But you know what? With Burrow coming in, it does add a little bit of an X factor that I'm still pretty excited if I'm drafting him
0: at this point. For sure, I think there's a possibility that AJ Green doesn't even play this year Mm -hmm. because last year we thought he was going to play who really knows and if it's Tyler Boyd T. Higgins and John Ross Tyler Boyd's still profiling as the number one for this upcoming year
1: Marquise Hollywood Brown is up next he's a guy that scares me to draft but kind of scares me in a good way (laughs) obviously he's part of this newfound L. Jacks era of football in the Baltimore Ravens and Comes out week one, absolutely exploding last season. That was his benchmark game. And that's what he could be for the offense. So if you're talking about ceilings, Marquise Hollywood-Brown is a guy that, in terms of competition, they added Devin Duvernay in a later round in this draft. He's going to be given the opportunity to be the alpha on this offense. And I think he's entirely capable of becoming that.
0: He is another one of those players. We talked about Tyreek as Tyreek breaks your model of what you project out to be that elite wide receiver, and we haven't seen enough from Hollywood Brown to say that yet. That's why he's all the way here at wide receiver 28. But he has that possibility that he is another wide receiver model breaker in that He might just be that elite level of talent that even though he's so small and you think, oh, he can't demand that many targets and he's more of the speedy deep ball guy, he might just prove that all wrong and demand those wide receiver one targets despite his small frame. This might surprise some people, but these next two wide receivers, I actually see in an incredibly similar light. They are Devontae Parker and Adam Thielen two players that I think are going to be really good this year, but I have some pretty big question marks about going forward. I don't think that's a surprise when talking about Adam Thielen, but mm-hmm. I am not very bought into Parker in the long term. Not a big Parker into a combo fan? I just don't know. We can't project that because one year with Fitzmagic he was targeted a lot after tons of years of being useless yeah that he's just suddenly going to find the same rapport with a different quarterback maybe Preston Williams maybe some other future wide receiver just totally takes over that alpha role I don't think I can be confident at all that he's going to maintain this wide receiver one role even though he excelled when finally put in that role last year Adam Thielen I am confident will have an incredible 2020 season, but that could be it. Honestly, he could go by the wayside in the way that Baldwin did a couple years ago, where he very quickly went from a fantastic, usable receiver to just out of the league. I could actually see that with Thielen, and his future is a complete question mark to me, even though I want him as much as I can in redraft leagues.
1: Yeah, I think he doesn't have the injury history that Baldwin has, so I'd probably give him more than one year that i'm confident about i can i can easily see him 2021 this is a guy i'm taking in early ish rounds in redraft Mm -hmm. but his his longevity in the league is why he's sliding in here at wide receiver 30. Mm -hmm. next up on the list is his new counterpart in purple justin jefferson
0: it's actually funny i didn't even piece together their teammates right beside each other here I really like justin jefferson we have him one above jerry judy which we've talked about before in our rookie rankings but that is contrary to the norm justin jefferson is just an incredible athlete who continued to get better and better throughout college and then he lands in a situation that i think is very advantageous obviously you have adam thielen there who like i said is a bit older his future may be a bit up in the air in the long term and waiting to step into that number one role is Justin Jefferson. What I really like about him as a rookie is I can immediately project that he is going to be on the field and relevant in year one. That's what you need out of rookies in general is you want them to accrue value right away and I'm confident that Jefferson will do so in year one. With Jerry Judy, And Jalen Ragor, I have less confidence in that because they both have deeper rosters to contend with. Jerry Judy, I would definitely project to be the number two on Denver, but it wouldn't surprise me if he does need to earn some of those snaps on Denver. When I went through his tape, I didn't like him nearly as much as some people do, but I still definitely see that he is an incredibly good route runner. Where I project him differently than others is I see him in the mold of a Tyler Boyd, where I think he is a really good wide receiver too, but he just lacks the ceiling to be a true number one. Jalen Rager is just a big question mark, honestly. He's really fast. He looked really good against pretty bad competition. And in the similar way that we thought JJ Arcega Whiteside was going to step into a great role last year, yeah. especially with injuries. There's the chance that Jalen Rager could just lead the team in targets this year. We don't know. But he could also not really find the field. That's the issue. It's just really difficult to know what you're getting with
1: Jalen Rager. The reason why Jefferson and Judy are above Rager is they are guys who you can draft and say, yep, they are going to be in my starting lineup as soon as the you know the first four weeks of the season. Even week one with Rager, there's all sorts of weird kind of purposeless report saying yeah you know we'll get Deshaun Jackson to show him the ropes I don't know where he's going to be in the depth chart and it's too hard to project right now so that's why he's going to be lower than those other two rookies for me final three names of this list are Jarvis Landry, Michael Gallup, and Christian Kirk Jarvis Landry we already mentioned once who is out producing OBJ in terms of what he was demanding he's consistently being a guy who you can trust in the middle tiers of your wide receivers to get you points when you need them. You think that's going to continue
0: with Baker this year? Yeah, I think he's another one of these guys that's just always undervalued, and people don't think that he has the ceiling, even though he's been a wide receiver one a lot of times. Sure, I don't think Jarvis Landry can be the wide receiver one, but very, very few wide receivers can. The upside with Jarvis is that he does exactly what he did last year and end up as an incredibly important wide receiver on your roster. And the downside to me is that he's pretty safe and that his targets are still going to be high enough that he's very relevant. What people seem to be afraid of with Jarvis is that he's a number two for his team because Odell is the alpha, but that isn't even a guarantee because if you look as far back as last year, he just outperformed Odell Beckham mm-hmm. Jr. Michael Gallup and Christian Kirk were two guys who lost some value. He took this some big offsets. hits. So yeah, Michael Gallup, of course, proved that he was a very productive, good wide receiver last year. And I think on the surface, it's why people were surprised that CeeDee Lamb ended up in Dallas, because he just looks really good. There are reports coming out of the Senior Bowl and other places that what Dallas really don't like about Gallup was actually his number of drops last year, and that was a significant part of why they were interested in taking another wide receiver, even as high as their first round pick. Gallup probably is still going to be productive, at least for this year, but it's hard to invest heavily into a wide receiver that you can pretty easily project to be the number three for a team.
1: And he's he's behind two insanely talented guys. Mm -hmm. Gallup has an extremely low floor as soon as next season for me.
0: Yeah, to really hit his ceiling at this point, he just needs to find himself on another team, most likely.
1: And the final name for this week's episode is Christian Kirk. Obviously, with DeAndre Hopkins coming into the Cardinals, Christian Kirk's path to a wide receiver one is all but blazed over. I do not think he has it in him to be finding a role large enough to be getting to those wide receiver one or two numbers. Having said that, I think Kirk is a guy who's going to very much benefit from cornerbacks and safeties being pulled over to DeAndre Hopkins and I think he's gonna get more PPR value than people are currently prognosticating.
0: I do like Kirk actually is a really good wide receiver in a complimentary role, like you're saying. He's no like true alpha wide receiver, but he could be really productive. In this offense where they might be running sets with five wide receivers, he should be on the field a lot. So I do like him for all of those reasons. But his ceiling's definitely capped. He would need, honestly, Hopkins to get really injured to have that ceiling rise high enough that I'm really going to be targeting him. Otherwise, I think he's just a safe wide receiver two, wide receiver three type player that you can be confident is good enough to demand enough targets to be relevant. Mm. That is our first 36 wide receivers. We are going to do 36 more next week. But of course, before we close it out, we're going to play our favorite game. Guess that dynasty target.
1: Here we go. I'm going to ask Five questions to you, Colin. They will range in difficulty from more obscure to more obvious as we go down. It's your job to guess the name as quickly as possible. Hint number one I'm a 25 year old running back, and last year I had a game in which I scored 36 fantasy points. Half point PPR scoring.
0: I think I might get this one. Question one Jordan Howard.
1: Great guess. <gasps> But no. Damn.
0: (laughs) always a great
1: guess. Number two. I did not have a snap share of over 20% until the final four weeks of the year.
0: Okay, so most likely that means that he came on from a backup role due to an injury. But that's not necessarily true because, you know, you only said more than 20. Maybe he had a game where he finally hit... 30% 30% Snapshare. So really, I still think I'm just mostly going off of that first hint where it's a 25-year-old running back, possibly blew up at the end of the year, and he had at least one massive game. I don't know if this is necessarily the best guess, but I know this player wasn't on his team until late in the season and it's definitely possible he had somewhere near a 37 point game so i'm gonna guess Kenyon drake
1: another great guess but another incorrect one unfortunately
0: i feel like he was on the cardinals before the final four weeks so <laughs> I, I don't think know so any third clip
1: my team has added zero rbs this offseason and has lost one to free agency
0: Hmm, I think that's a good hint for ruling out players, but it definitely takes me going through the different teams to be able to find the right player that hits all of these hints. I'll do a brief recap. Sure. 25-year-old running back. Last
1: year I had a game in which I scored 36 half-point VPR fantasy points. Didn't really ever play until the final four weeks of the year. My team decided zero RBs this offseason. Lost one to free agency.
0: I was thinking maybe Kareem Hunt but now that I'm thinking about that last clue a bit more I can't think of a running back that they lost this offseason. They still have Hilliard and anyone beyond that. Of course maybe they lost someone to free agency but not anyone relevant. I'm just going through young running backs that had the possibility of blowing up for such a big game. The thought went through my head of Duke Johnson because they lost Carlos Hyde this most recent season and he's probably around 25, but I don't know if he would have not played up to 20% of snaps until the very end of the year. I see no reason why it would have been that low of a number. Just because I know that he came in as the backup where he originally wasn't and then he did play some snaps at the end of the year i'm not sure if he ever blew up to this extent but my guess is gonna be boston scott you got it baby boston <laughs> scott well done a huge poll there my next
1: clue was gonna be i'm an extremely small running back that plays for a team that is a bird <laughs> <laughs> The <a> bird team <laughs> So let me convince you listeners right now why Boston Scott is a dynasty buy. okay? Now you may be thinking, Boston Scott, what? That's a silly poll. I absolutely do not think so. When you get to your point in drafts that you're drafting backups, Boston Scott is a name that is being virtually unspoken and I do not understand why. Let's talk about what happens with Boston Scott. So, He's only twenty five years old. He's undrafted. He comes in when Jordan Howard was the guy that they lost in free agency. So Darren Sproles, Jordan Howard get injured. It's Michael Sanders' time. Sanders was not injured in any way for the games when Boston Scott comes in and plays. Boston Scott comes in week 14. Miles Sanders is putting up a, you know, nice twelve points. Boston Scott puts up twenty-four. Twenty-four point eight even. Then even when Miles Sanders is playing, another thirteen. Eight, and then Miles Sanders. Another good game, 16, awesome. Boston Scott, 36. He hit 19 rushing attempts, 54 yards, three touchdowns, six targets, five receptions for 84 yards. Boston Scott is a backup running back. Totally understand that. But in Dynasty, you need to be taking guys that are sometimes gonna be on the field. Now, unlike taking a Reichwell Armstead, for example, where you're only gonna get in if there's injuries, You can take past precedent, you can take what the coaches are saying now, and you can take what happened in those four games and know that Boston Scott is going to be part of a committee. He's not going to be a huge 50-50 timeshare by any extent, but he is a guy who is a backup going into a team who have... Miles Sanders, who is awesome, take nothing away from him. Miles Sanders never played 100% of the snaps. In fact, for for a large portion of the games in his season, he was, you know... Around 50 to 80. Boston Scott is going to be on the field. And while he has been on the field thus far in his NFL career, he's been electric. The only other guy that he's competing against is Corey Clement, who, again, is fine. Boston Scott is 100% better and 100% proved his worth. So that's why, if you're looking for a backup running back to stash that you can buy, and again, I'm saying you buy him because right now, no one is talking about him going to be part of a committee going to get you points in the 2020 season guaranteed
0: really any time there is a cheap handcuff that has such incredible upside built in i will never be against that recommendation if you can get him for cheap he's currently going off as the running back 62 by fantasy pros and that is pretty low for sure he's amongst other handcuffs that have a lot less upside even if they were to have the injury in front of them and what i do like about boston scott beyond obviously a 36 point game that i don't remember yeah
1: and you know what he won a bunch of internal team awards and funny stuff he he was against the giants he was exploding
0: yeah i mean we have seen that he has the potential to really surprise and really be impressive one issue i would say with boston scott for me is that we know that the eagles have tried to sign running back free agents. they wanted carlos hyde to put in a bit mm-hmm. of a timeshare with miles sanders by the way he called him michael sanders earlier but it's miles <laughs> <laughs> i was just letting you rant it's okay yeah. you know his name's <laughs> miles anyway Yeah, they were trying to bring in other backups, and that doesn't scream confidence to me. If Miles Sanders ever really were to get injured, I don't think Boston Scott would probably be a starter. I think they would just bring someone in and have somewhat of a timeshare, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to produce. What we've seen out of him so far is that he can be productive, and so I buy in. He is a good dynasty buy. That is it for us. We are going to close out the show here. We will see you again next week, of course, with our wide receiver rankings from 37 all the way up to 72. Please find us on Twitter and Reddit. We are at Deep Dive Dynasty on both, and you can always DM us there. Our DMs are always open, and we can help you with whatever questions you might have about your dynasty rosters. That is all from us. I am Colin, here with my co-host Toby see you later boston scott owners (laughs) thanks a lot guys